my first topic today is the uh, death, rebirth, and death and rebirth of Twitter. Hmm. That happens on an hourly basis now, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it really does. And I have to admit, I uh, Elon Musk is just the most fascinating guy in business. Uh, thank God he ruled around because the previous one was Steve Jobs. And of course, he's been dead for uh, 11 or 12 years now. And yeah. so we needed somebody that interesting in the world of business again. And, and we've got it with Elon. And um, he, I think he's even more interesting than Jobs. And he's certainly more out there, you know, jobs who just disappear for months at a time, even when he was healthy. Um, <laughs> Elon, I don't think that man sleeps. And I think he's like Trump. His Twitter app never, ever leaves his hand. It's just it's he's he's on there a lot because I yeah. don't when I came back to Twitter, I just decided I'm I'm going to follow pretty much nobody. And uh, but the one account that I made sure I was going to follow was Elon Musk. Yeah. And um, and so my whole feed is filled with Elon Musk, uh, either direct tweets or responses to other people's tweets. And uh, the most recent one I saw was somebody who was commenting on kind of a a technical issue because Musk had tweeted out something like the big problem with Android versions of Twitter is this kind of geek speak thing I didn't understand. Yeah. And then somebody else responded and said, I've been working on this project for six years, and that's not true. And Musk replied and basically said, okay, what are the actual numbers? You know, he, he didn't say, hey, He's how dare engineer. you cross the boss? He said, okay, if I'm wrong about that, what are the actual numbers? And as far as I know, that's where the conversation ended in public. I think so. Yeah. So um, I think somebody got called on the carpet there, on the digital carpet there. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, Musk fired, what was it, uh, uh, half of Twitter's employees? They have about 7,500 employees, and it's said that, the, that he got rid of about half of them, yeah. About half of them. So 3,000 plus. I think it was maybe a little less than half. So on uh, what night was this? I think it was on uh, Tuesday night. He sends out this is this is what he does. He sent it's how he fired the first half was by sending out an email at midnight um, saying, you know, I'll give you to the end of the day to check it, your email and stuff. And then you're out of here. And, but they got severance paid, you know, three months of that. So they'll, yeah. they'll be fine. Um, he sent out another one of these emails on uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, he, he was announcing Twitter 2.0. And when he says Twitter 2.0, I don't think he means uh, the Twitter that we see when we're on the web or when we're on the app. I think he means I internally. Agree. So, oh. yeah. Not, Just like an internal even, structural way of operating? Yeah. Which, I mean, you're going to need when half your employees are gone. Mm. But this this is the thing. What he said in this email was that only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade for these surviving employees. But um, – he said Twitter 2.0 needs to be extremely hardcore and that um, everybody receiving this email would have till the end of the business day on, uh, I guess that was Wednesday, to click yes, that they would agree to put in long, intense hours at Twitter 2.0. And something like uh, – by the end of uh, Wednesday or Thursday, whatever that whatever that day was, what's today the 18th? So Wednesday, I guess. Something like 75% of employees had yet to click the yes. Yeah, he, he added something like, uh, and I'm paraphrasing loosely, but exceptional performance is the new average. Yeah. Um, you, had, you had me at 
uh, only exceptional performance will be considered a passing grade. Yeah, yeah that's that just made my it just that just made me. It, I felt a, a I felt a thrill go down my leg. It, and that's the thing I like about Muskie. He's got a sharp crease in his in his trousers, and I right. admire that I like enormously. The cut of his about jib. Like the cut of his jib. Now, seriously, <laughs> well, that's why he's that's why he's that's that's why he's Elon Musk. And exceptional performances are passing grade here. It's a pass fail system. Can you imagine the uh, response on Twitter uh, from all of these Twitter employees who were uh, refusing to to check the yes box? I agree to put in long, intense hours at Twitter (laughs) 2.0. Doom. Absolute doom was all over Twitter. And of course, (laughs) there was a big story in either the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. I can't remember which one. It could have been the Washington Post. I don't know. But anyway, uh, one of those mainstream media sources uh, had quotes from, you know, HR specialists and recruiting specialists and stuff like that, most of whom said something like, you know, as the rest of the world is going to increasing work-life balance, uh, you know, here's Elon Musk basically saying, hey, we want you to work like hedge fund managers from the 1990s or something. You know, he, he's expecting extraordinary devotion of time and effort for the company. Um, and I think what he accomplishes there, and some of these people who were in general opposed to his chaotic management style um, said was that if you want to upset the apple cart, this is the way to do it. And Good. and I think that he is continuing to make sure that the great shakeout shakes them out. You know, he, yeah. he wants to make sure that people who aren't on board for massive change uh, go away so that their lives don't become a living hell and his company doesn't go into bankruptcy. I'd be willing to bet you – I don't know if he did, but I'd be willing to bet you on some level it would be an interesting experiment on his part – to determine the length of time between when the email was opened and when the button was pushed, you know, because if I got that email and I was working for Twitter and I said you're going to have to perform exceptionally if you want to stay here, yes, Boom. Yeah, I'd have it, I'd have it done in, I'd have it done in six seconds. And, and the longer it took me to think about it, the more suspicious I would be if I was uh, Elon. And you know what it's like? This, Bill, you just reminded me of something. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've either read or watched Band of Brothers, but. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm not sure made it into the into the TV show uh, was something something from the book where interviewed after the war, the the men of Easy Company were asked, you know, why, why did you volunteer to be a paratrooper? This was one of the most dangerous jobs in the army. And every single one of these guys said something around something like um, I wanted to make sure that the guy in the foxhole with me was the best trained soldier. Yep, yeah. absolutely right. Well, and I and there it's funny. I've read study after study after study that said that most employers get it all wrong when motivating employees. They think that the way to motivate employees is to create a country club atmosphere at work, um, or to talk about family and how we're all together as family, or to pad people's paychecks with extra dollars. No, the number one thing for almost in almost every study I've seen is employees feeling like their job is significant, that there is serious challenge, making a difference, that there's opportunity to grow and to make a difference in the world. And that's what people are craving. And for some reason, employers seem to, you know, have a kind of uh, Charlie Chaplin, modern times kind of view of things where they think that everybody's just a cog in the machine. And if you're a cog, well, that must suck. So we better pay you more. And that's not what people are looking for. Yeah, pays like fourth or something, third or fourth. Yeah, um, and there was yeah a, they want to uh, they want to sit down and go look at that look at this awesome thing that we did. They sit around in the, you know, in the in the break room or in the and you know just say guys we just went out there and just just broke 
records and change the world. Yeah. You know, that's that's where you that's where you get a team. And this business about yes or no, you got to the end of the day is is yeah. Yeah. You're gonna work your tails off. You're not interested in that, that's fine. Here's your three months pay. You've been overpaid already. Uh, cry me a river. Learn to code. The uh, what really got me there was there have been uh, so many great threads on the on the business aspects of this, and one of them was from uh, Neon Taster uh, Noah Bloom, who's just one of the sharpest guys on Twitter. Um, he said they uh, Twitter basically had two thousand people in product and marketing, and this is for a company with exactly one product. Um, That's engine- losing money on sales. <laughs> yeah. Engineering is the fifth highest average paying job at Twitter. Mm. Number one is marketing. Number two is HR. Oh dear God, that's just that's all cuts below the line. That's all. That's all below the line stuff. That's that's yeah. expense. That's pure expense. Yeah, yeah. It's HR staging, is evil. baby. It's staging. You take if if that first stage is empty, it's just dead weight. Cut it loose. Just cut it loose. Whatever's coming with you is coming with you. Anything that's not coming with you gets to fall back in the ocean. Not my problem. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, well, it's and, 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 and even to do something that no CEO would do, because all CEOs are constantly trying to coddle the shareholders and say, don't worry, your safe, safe, safe investment in our company will be safe, safe, safe going forward. And Elon Musk is openly saying, yeah, hey, we might have to declare bankruptcy. Um, you know, like he's just I think there's no filter. You know, he whatever he's thinking, we know within minutes. Either that or he's very crafty and he's actually thinking something different, but floating the idea of bankruptcy might make people a little more circumspect who are internal critics of the company who would not like to see their all their uh, stock shares lose value or suddenly be out on the street. Nothing quite remember focuses the line several like years ago, might go three, bankrupt in two, the morning. Two, three, three years ago. There was a failure. It was either on one of – I think it was probably on one of the first uh, Starship launches or something. And he said like either that afternoon or the next day, it's like, listen, at this rate, we're not going anywhere. Never going to leave this planet. This this whole thing's going to crash. If we don't get these pumps fixed, I want, I want some solutions and I want them now because if we don't do this, we are not going to get off of this rock, that kind of thing. And he basically, he put the whole dream on the on the line, you know? He said, you cannot we, – we will not be able to do this unless we get better at what we're doing. And they're already pretty good at what they're doing. That's why they succeed, man. It's just, it's not a big secret. It's not at all. Just keep pushing people to deliver their best. And the, the I was, I was, I don't know, I was in my 50s when I first heard this. The, but the Greek definition of happiness is using um, all of your abilities to your maximum potential. That's, they said, that's the ultimate form of happiness. And I heard that and I said, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. He, you know, I saw an interview with him the Creek's other day so where right. um, the reporter was asking him about a particularly tough time when both SpaceX and Tesla were on the cusp. SpaceX had just finally had their first successful launch, but th- if that hadn't worked, the whole company would have gone under. They were done. And the fact yeah. that it did work didn't save the company. It just gave them another day. You know, yeah, that's it right. just let them keep going. Meantime, Tesla was, was uh, experiencing massive problems. And uh, Musk said, look, I had to decide whether to choose one of these companies and place a bet on it and let the other fall away, or whether to split my resources and sustain both companies at the risk of losing both companies. And I chose to split my resources and maintain both companies, which is just Hmm. counterintuitive. Most people would have said, you know what? Pick the closest thing you got to a winner, jettison the other and and keep moving forward. And the reporter said, uh, wow, did you like 
did you like freak out and and scream and cry? And I'm, I'm paraphrasing Elon Musk's response, but he said, well, no, I, I, I don't think I cried. Um, I My sleep was not as peaceful as it normally is. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> but he was very, very casual about it. It was like, okay, what was the devastating emotional impact on me? And I know like Elon, like me, probably is somewhere on the spectrum. But his uh, his response was, well, let me think. Yeah, I didn't have some of the more restful nights in my life. <laughs> Winners don't act that way. That's how neurotics act. And and yeah. one of my favorite moments of the entire space program happened many years after the moon landing where this journalist, I've told this story before, but it's just so good, this journalist. So when, they, when they're getting ready, to, they've, they've done their moonwalk, they've landed on the moon Apollo 11. They're, get, they're back in the LEM, they're, they're getting ready for liftoff and they've got their sample bag and, and, and one of the two swings the sample bag around and breaks the button needed to launch the ascent stage. You, you can't launch it. It's not, it's not going to go. And so when, when a journalist found out about this, I think it was a young woman many years later said to Buzz Aldrin, so when, when you discovered that this button was broken and it looked like you weren't going to be leaving the, 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 the moon, were you, were you thinking about what your last words to your wife would be? Were you, were you worried about how you were going? Were you thinking about whether or not you would just depressurize the, the thing? Or were you, did you have like suicide capsules with you or anything? And he looks at her like she's from, you know, like from <laughs> bottom of the earth. Like, no, we're, we're trying to figure out how to fix the button. You know, you idiot. What do you think we're doing? Oh, we're just, well, it had a hardship. So I guess we should just basically just, you know, just, just bail. It's never over till it's over, always. The, uh, by the way, the other headline I saw related to Musk, and this ties into a, a broader story that I've seen a lot of headlines on recently, um, and I, actually I read this story, um, was how what Musk just did uh, was a, a challenge to the new meme of quiet quitting, where it's what used to be- you know, <laughs> About some really say, loud firing. Yes. It was people who would say, you know, they basically are doing just enough not to get fired. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and so that was essentially uh, considered quiet quitting. And, you know, for for a whole bunch of people who thought that they could cruise under the radar, uh, basically, uh, Elon Musk just said the radar goes all the way to the ground and maybe a little bit below the ground. We see everything. See? Like, this is why this because, is this is not because sorry. we're monitoring you, but because we're going to call you to action and see what you do. This is what made America a great country, and and the whole country has been quietly quitting for forty years now, and and to see somebody saying, no, 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 those days are over. Your days in the meditation room for two or three hours while you're trying to think about what the new next marketing uh, idea might be for your, you know, no, get to work. If you don't want to work, then get out of here. That's that should be the motto of the country: get to work or get out. And uh, and I am I, I'm just. Tickled to death. Now, I do have an opinion on one thing that you said, Steve, about Twitter 2.0. The thing that's exciting to me about this personally, given the business that we're in, is that when I first heard that when Musk had closed the deal, I'd heard, you know, a ghost a story or two just kind of circling around it. But basically what the impression I got was what he was thinking about changing the Twitter format significantly to the point where Twitter would be carrying content. You would, you would, they would, they would sort of become kind of like Instagram in that way that you would be able to attach content to your tweets. And if he's talking about doing that, then that may solve the YouTube problem. Because oh. if Twitter, if, if censorship leaves Twitter, we, everybody says, well, what about Rumble? And we post all of our, all of our 
members content is posted on Rumble. All of our links go to Rumble, but that's there's nobody on Rumble. So so Rumble suffers from the network effect. And the network effect is if you've got a network and there's nobody on it, the network has no value. But Twitter is an existing network. And if and if Twitter, if he takes Twitter 2.0 into the direction of we're going to keep it doing what it's doing, but we're also going to have the ability to append content to it, then we could find ourselves in a world where there is a a, a uh, social media platform that doesn't censor speech, has an existing enormous network, and yeehaw. You know, Steve, yeah. one of the interesting things about all the attention to Elon Musk and this firings of all these people and everything is that during the same week, Facebook fired many more people. Amazon fired many more people. <laughs> They're they they're laying them off, you know, because of economic turmoil or whatever, you know. But they're they're dumping people in huge numbers, far beyond Twitter. I mean, if Twitter fired everybody, they couldn't fire as many people as Amazon's firing in this round. So, well, yeah, Twitter is a much smaller company. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Amazon is laying off ten thousand people the week before Black Friday. I mean, yeah, you this, know, that's that says something. That says something. That's that that set a what kind of people are they laying off? Are they laying off? Useful people like truck drivers, or are they laying off ten thousand marketing uh, as, people? As I understand it, it's it's office guys and gals. Yeah. Okay, so they're getting leaner, maybe. Yeah, that's that's how I see it. And the thing is, this this is I think maybe what fascinates me the most about this Twitter thing. I knew the company was in serious trouble, m- much more serious than I I'd, I'd previously understood. When uh, around the time that the uh, the Musk deal was getting getting finalized, uh, some young 20-something, maybe early 30-something lady posted this video of her typical day at Twitter. I think, ironically enough, she posted it on TikTok. And it was taking <laughs> the train into work. It was getting the uh, the latte from the espresso machine. It was having the, uh, uh, the, the, the catered lunch. It was a very brief bullshit discussion with uh, her boss about some marketing thing that in, in which – Nothing was decided. Nothing happened. It was just one of those things. Grabbing the catered snack for the train ride home. And here was a a highly paid young lady doing essentially nothing nothing while enjoying nothing but freebies throughout her entire day. And all I could think was, if this is typical for the company, wow, are they in trouble? Well, Apparently it was typical, and apparently it is typical no more, which is great. But if we find out, okay, how many people do you think it actually takes to keep a microblogging site operating? I'm, I'm going to bet it isn't that many people. Well, if you're not surveilling people, I'm sure it's a, a lot fewer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and they had, they had huge numbers of uh, people in DEI. Diversity, equity, inclusion, whatever. Mm. Yeah, you just huge numbers of employees doing that stuff. Huge numbers of employee moderation. Apparently, all this cruft has been thrown overboard, which is great. But now let's <laughs> think about this. What are the broader implications for the Bay Area specifically and the tech industry generally when we find out how few people it actually takes to run one of these organizations? You have to go to the Babylon Bee, man. Uh, the Babylon Bee did an article that said that uh, U-Haul is building a high-speed bullet train from California to Texas. Uh, that's that's what your answer is. 
And then once the train yeah. gets here, they just take it off the tracks and put it in a junkyard because it's cheaper. Just dump everything off while it's still in motion, wrap it around a 14-mile radius loop so it doesn't have to slow down, and zoom that baby back out to California. Empty. Yeah, they only regret that they have to take it back to California. Yeah, that's right. That's that's the expense involved. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember, shoot, when I moved to Colorado from San Francisco in 1994, um, it cost me 1100 bucks to rent the 19-foot rider truck, and I didn't have nearly enough stuff to fill even a small portion of that rider van, but uh, I needed – that was the smallest one they had that could also tow my car. So that's that's one I had to get. And it was 1100 bucks for the truck and for the thing to tow my car with. And out of curiosity, after I got to Colorado Springs and I turned the, the van in, I asked, you know, what, what would it cost me to, to rent this the other direction? He said about 300 bucks. Yeah, it's much, much, much greater than that now. And it's, yeah, it's, actually, it's, they're, they're, actually paying, they're paying people to drive them back to California. Yeah. They are. Yep. Well, you know, yeah, you're right about the. Recently, um, I've discovered something which you guys, I'm sure, have been all over for years and I've been aware of for years and have occasionally looked at, but I've never really engaged with it because it just, I just didn't get it. And now all of a sudden I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I didn't get this sooner. So uh, to to uh, explain why, I've been looking for a new writing tablet because my writing tablet, uh, one day my Chinese made writing tablet just decided to delete all my content. And when I wrote to, <laughs> to customer service and said, hey, uh, how can I get this content back? I have no idea why it just vanished overnight when I wasn't doing anything with the tablet. They said, oh yeah, here, just do a backup of the contents of the device and email it to us. I'm like, no. <laughs> the device that just failed, you mean? I am not emailing my personal notes and my, you know, Bible notes and my journals and all that kind of stuff to China. I'm just not going to do that. At least Zoom kept it a secret for a while that they were recording all of your stuff. These guys are so, like, no, no, just, just, just send it to us. It'll be fine. So anyway, TikTok I, just, as well. I decided I wanted to get a different tablet, yeah. either the uh, the Rada Supernote uh, A5X, which is really a cool device, or the Remarkable tablet, which some people may have heard of, is probably the most popular of the note-taking tablets that have come out. And eventually, um, I, I made that choice. But what helped me a lot was Reddit. I found, uh, R-E-D-D-I-T, if you're not familiar yeah, with yeah. it, I found several subreddits, which are basically like little communities of interest around particular things. And I've got about nine different communities of interest in a single feed that I call E-Ink. And uh, so all they give me is information about this kind of geek toy that I'm really into. And so, mm -hmm. and, and there's no politics on it. There's no, like, because... I'm not, I'm sure there's a subreddit for people who want to, you know, fight about politics, but I just wanted to know about this. And you can go on there and ask a question and say like, like I couldn't find, I have uh, two pens for this device and the other one has no nibs. I bought it used. And I said, well, where do I get the nibs for this at a decent price? And man, like nine people immediately jumped in and said, here's what you can do. Love here's it. what you can do. And I'm like, holy cow, social media that is social and helpful and like people want to encourage one another. And, you know, sometimes people will go, hey, I just got my new remarkable tablet and, um, you know, what's the best thing to do when you're first setting it up? And everybody, like there'll be dozens of comments of people jumping in and say, make sure you do this, don't do that, watch out for this, you know. And it, to me, it has become like the new Twitter, but without having to constantly police it for deleting people that I don't want in there. 
Oh, yeah. You're, you're kind of new to Reddit, aren't you? <laughs> I am brand new to Reddit. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, be sure to tell them next time that the on. reason. Be sure to tell them next time that the reason you're working on this, uh, that you're trying to get this tablet going, is so that you can make notes for your conservative uh, TV commentary show, and then find out how unpolitical your your. I, your, I um, don't want. I don't want them to talk to me about politics. I have enough of that in my life. I don't need to solicit the opinions <laughs> of strangers. I, I, I'm, all I'm saying is, I have never seen a Reddit sub. I've never seen a subreddit ever. Ever that at some point did not continually post their p- political opinions on. Well, we'll see. Right now, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm following nine different Reddits about mostly about the Super Note device. Brother, I, I hope you. I hope it works out for yeah. you. I really do. The way I, really I avoid do. it is I really only go to one subreddit, and it's called Warship Porn, and that's not pictures of ships doing it or people doing it with with ships. It's just Thank photographs goodness. of warships, old and new. And yeah, I didn't just, know there was such a subreddit. That's oh, cool. it's 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 great. But I only look at the pictures. I never go into the threads. Ever. Yeah, don't read the articles. <laughs> no, no, I go to worship porn for the for the for the naked right. ships. I just had a few bad experiences on Reddit in that regard. Yeah. Well, so far so me. good for me. We'll we'll see what oh, happens. Good. Okay. Anything else on this topic, Steve? That you feel like you uh, you need that you haven't shared or um, questions you want to ask. Yeah, I talked about the uh, the potential broader impact on the on the tech industry, and I think that's a, I think that's probably a good place to let it go because that's that's the thing where we don't know anything yet, but the conjecture is is kind of fascinating, maybe even a little scary. So uh, sleep uh, sleep well if you're part of the tech industry and not actually a coder or engineer. Well, if it's anything like the the Hollywood, the famous uh, screenwriting teacher said, nobody in Hollywood knows anything. And so- hey, Nobody knows nothing. That's right. Said. If you want to send a message- Sorry, I said it grammatically correctly. That was a mistake. No, it's okay. That's what made it work. <laughs> who was that? Goldman? Was that- who was Goldman. That? William Goldman. Yeah. Yeah. Who was uh, hey, Mor- nobody S. Knows Morgan nothing. Stern. That's- S. Morgan Stern, who wrote The Princess Bride. <laughs>